Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puppy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please, rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh and you can also follow fresh is the word on twitter at fresh is the word and that's is with iz instagram at fresh is the word podcast and facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast and this is episode 153 the guest for this episode is new york city based comic book writer richard dueck who has a couple new titles with Rotobones number one premiering last week via IDW Publishing and then Wailing Blade number one coming this week via Comics Tribe. In the past, 
Duak wrote The Gutter Magic and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe Books on IDW Publishing, along with being an award-winning copywriter in advertising. During our chat, we talked about Road of Bones and Wailing Blade, along with creating universes, the real-world parallels of his stories, and the spectrum of horror writing. And before we get into this interview with Richard Duak, I definitely wanted to remind you about how you can support Fresh of the Word. I do have a Patreon account set up now at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. And for as little as a dollar, you can support Fresh of the Word. And there's a lot of different tiers that you can help support Fresh of the Word. Some that you can be contributing and a part of the podcast itself. And then also for the $3 a month tier, I uh, will be opening my long, extensive audio archives of interviews that I've done outside the podcast all pretty much music-related, for exclusive Patreon-only podcast episodes from, you know, my past. You know, I already have a couple up, a Danny Brown interview from 2008 and a Cool Keith interview from 2010. And I'm going to work hard this week to get a couple more up. Just go to patreon.com slash kfresh. And like I said, for as little as a dollar, you can help out. All right, let's get into this interview with Richard Dueck. Uh, yeah, you reached out to me about uh, coming on the podcast. Um, definitely in this uh, comic creator universe, everybody kind of knows each other. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, you, uh, you recognize some people I had on the podcast already. And um, you have a couple books coming out in May. Uh, yep. Uh, Wailing Blade and uh, Road of uh, Bones. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, talk about those uh, titles. Well, the two, like... Very different books. Like uh, Welling Blade is, uh, I guess, like a science fiction epic. Like Wuhan is describing as like uh, Mad Max meets Game of Thrones, kind of, because it's like uh, it's like takes place really far in the future, but it's it's like uh, after kind of like the fall of like a golden age of mankind. So um, so it's uh, it's even though it's like the future things are, are very like feudal and primitive. It's almost like a feudal world with like some remnants of technology. And uh, the ruler of the world uses this technology to oppress people. And uh, through one of them is uh, this thing called the Wailing Blade, which is like uh, this huge like technological sword that's wielded by one of his executioners. So the whole story is about, uh, you know, the hero, this guy, Tykin, his, uh, his father gets sentenced to... Uh, be executed by the Wailing Blade, and he's got to figure out a way to uh, uh, to defeat this uh, this fearsome executioner called the Headtaker. Um, so that's that's Wailing Blade. Road of Bones is mo- way more of like a horror story, um, and it's set actually in like the, in a historic period uh, around like the 1950s in the Russian Gulag, um, and it's about uh, this guy Roman who's been imprisoned for like uh, 20 years for making a bad joke about Stalin uh, and it's like 20 years of hard labor uh, in Siberia and uh, the work camp he's at is on this this highway that's called the Road of Bones because basically uh, like the ground in the tundra is so frozen right that the work conditions were so horrible people were dying all the time but the ground is so frozen that it would take too much time to dig graves for them so they just threw them in the foundation of the road. 
and uh, and paved it over it. And it's this is like a real place, like like in the real world, uh, you know, like you, you can if you want to go to Siberia, you can uh, travel on on the road of bones. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. So anyway, so this guy is like in prison and he uh, gets the chance to escape. Like a couple of prisoners approach him about joining them on an escape. And he, uh, he goes along with it and then finds out that uh, they might have some really sinister intentions for uh, bringing him along. So, yeah, those are the two books. Like, you know, it, it's kind of funny how it happened that they're... Uh, coming out like within a week of each other because like uh like i've been working on willing blade for like a couple of years now wrote of bones uh just like was picked up like much more recently and uh you know we just kind of like shot into high gear producing that and you know but so it's nice it's kind of like a one-two punch for me and meg <laughs> <laughs> nice um how are they coming yeah. out uh, well, they're, they'll both be out in, uh, in comic stores and on digitally on Comixology. So, you know, the way comics work, like, to start, they're going to come out, like, issue by issue. So each one is a four-part miniseries, so it'll be, like, one issue a month. And uh, that'll be, like, throughout the summer, and then we'll do, like, a collected edition um, in, uh, like, probably, like, in the fall, like, around, like, September or October. Uh, that like collect the whole story in like a like a soft cover or hard cover book. Um, but yeah, like if you have like a, a like a local comic store or like a web store, and that's how you get a print edition of it. Uh, but if you don't, or if you prefer to read digitally, it'll be available on Comicsology. They both will. You know, whether it's these two titles or anything else that you've done in the past, what? Uh, the cops. <laughs> sorry about that. That's uh, the uh, fire department there going by. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's one of the perils of being in New York. Just, yeah. Right, right. There's, there's loud there's, stuff happening. There's always some, uh, there's always some noise going on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> what, was, what was the question? Okay. Um. <laughs> Whether it's these two titles or anything else that you've written, what's your, you know, what's the sort of idea behind, what's your motivation in regards to like the bare bones of the stories, whether it's the era of time, the place, you know, stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. wh where do you get your inspiration from? From all over. I mean, like, um, it's funny. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about my, my first uh, series that I did. It was called Gutter Magic. came out a couple of years ago. And uh, the story there, it's, it's about a guy who uh, basically, like, he wants to become a wizard, but uh, in the world he lives in, like, wizards, it's, a, it's like a bloodline thing, kind of like Harry Potter, like, you're either born with it or not, like, you can't, like, uh, learn it, but he just really wants, really wants to do it, and he's kind of, like, you know, dedicated his whole life to, like, try to, plot, you know, buy, borrow, or steal, like, a way a way to get this magic and you know it's not like i kind of set out to do it at the time but like looking back like what i was doing there and like what was going on in my life like uh you know i was working a day job in the advertising industry where i, I was uh i was doing like graphic design and like layouts and stuff and it wasn't really like super creative work and 
I wanted to move over into doing like copywriting and art direction and stuff and stuff where it was like a little bit more of like being able to execute my my own ideas rather than like you know kind of design like sort of have this like thing slapped down in front of me and said okay we'll do this this and this like I wanted to be on the more creative side of it and it was something I had struggled with for years because I didn't go to college for that you know I didn't go to school for that and I felt like everybody who's doing it had this kind of like edge on me this like pedigree that I couldn't wouldn't be able to overcome so like in, in a weird way what inspired better magic even if I didn't like completely realize it at the time was like those struggles I was going through with like feeling like there was this thing I wanted to do and not being able to do it so I think like that kind of comes up a lot like uh in my life it's like you know the things that are like are going on in my head and in my life that uh I just kind of like try to like even if like I whether I plan it or I don't like it always kind of works its way in to like the stories um I don't know what that says with like Road of Bones being like a horror story, but uh, <laughs> but uh, nothing particularly horrific going on in my life. But uh, but yeah, I think like that like Road of Bones came about where uh, I was I was just sort of researching about prison escapes in general because uh, you know I, that's a kind of story I've enjoyed before, like like in movies and and books and things like that, and. Uh, I had like a completely separate idea that was not like historical at all, but like I kind of like started delving into these like stories about the gulag and like what life was like there and and what some of these people went through to escape. And uh, that was just like, I was like, wow, like that's like really interesting. And I think there's like a story there that I've never seen told like quite this way before. So yeah, I would say it's like, I'm, I'm like less, I'm less of the kind of person who like uh, right. gets an idea where like I'll say like, okay, you know, I'm I'm pissed off at uh, Donald Trump, so I'm gonna write like something that has to do with <laughs> politics, like in you know in a way, you know, or I'm pissed off with you know a certain issue, or or like I want to address a certain issue. I kind of just sort of have ideas, and then uh, you know, real life kind of works its way into them like during my process i think that's the fun thing about comic books is that you can play around with the things that in your that in your life maybe are not possible or be are, mm -hmm. are impossible even and sort of you know play around with them and maybe even find a happy medium in there even mm -hmm. in the short term what do you learn during that process? And is there any anything that you like, like some happy medium? Did you ever were able to sort of progress from the place that you were at because mm -hmm. you found something writing these titles? I love like kind of creating the like the worlds that these like stories live in, like almost as much as I love creating the stories themselves. You know, like um, I was always like. Like growing up, it was into like uh, like D and D and like other like like role playing games and stuff like that. And like you know, for like those games, it's like you know, you kind of get this book where like uh, okay, this is the world. And there's like eight million people. Sorry, I'm on the phone. Uh, there's like uh, eight million people, uh, you know, in this world. And like you know, you're not going to use all of it, but like it's all there. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like you kind of have this like whole like world laid out. And I love like doing stuff like that where it's like, I'll write like notebooks worth of like, uh, you know, stuff about like, you know, areas and regions of the world and people that aren't even ever going to be in there. But it's like kind of like I know they're there. And like that kind of makes the world like a little bit more real. And like for me anyway, like as I'm writing it. And then it's also sort of like a, a nice resource I can draw upon. Like, uh, you know, if, if I am writing and then I'm like, oh, hey, remember that thing I wrote like a couple of weeks ago? Maybe I could bring that in here, you know. Uh, and I think like that's kind of like the happy medium is like kind of like realizing like when it's time to stop doing that and actually like start working on the story, you know, because... <laughs> Because no, I mean, like I used to be, I used to do this a lot, and I know a lot of like writers do this a lot. Like when they're when they're starting out, is like, you know, you kind of like you're, you're doing all this background, and you're like, okay, well, you know, if everyone, you know, in order to like understand the story, you know, they're going to need to know like who so and so's father is and who his father is and what the name of the horse was, you know, back then. And it's like, you know, I think the more you like do it, the more you realize that it's like, you know, yeah, you know, you don't need all that stuff. Right. It's like the readers can still get it. They, I, I feel like they'll come along with you for like a lot less than you, you, uh, you think they need. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, so you can kind of get stuck in this like cycle where you're just doing the backstory and doing the backstory and not realizing that like the backstory stuff is like, yeah, it's all great. And it's all like nice to have, but it's not like what you need to like make a story that's like, you know, uh, going to engage people and that people are going to love. So it's like, I think like that was like a big struggle for me. It was like when I was first starting was kind of realizing that it's like, okay, well, it's like all this stuff, all this work, it's like, I'm doing it like just to get myself comfortable. I'm not doing it because like, you know, it like needs to be done or, or the story is going to be like garbage. It's like, you know, you can like you can start writing the actual thing and then like you know you just go back and edit you know or right. like you uh or you like you know you say like oh i do need this or i do need that you know so it's like i still love doing it but like at the same time i just uh kind of had to get to the place where i would uh i was like actually like write, writing the actual thing and not be like <laughs> the story about the story you know right that makes sense with um with Wailing Blade, uh, what's sort of like the societal parallels with that title? Uh, what's you know you know what's the underlying theme of that? Well, Wailing Blade, I, yeah, you know, in a in a weird way, it's like uh, I, I guess kind of like a lot of people today kind of think of our society as like a society like in decline, you know, that there was like kind of this uh, past golden age that we're um, supposed to get back to and everything new that comes out is like, you know, just worse and horrible. Uh, I don't agree with that yet. The, um, the world of Wailing Blade, it's like, this is like an actual thing. Like in the world of Wailing Blade, uh, you know, mankind, like rose to the stars had this like huge interstellar empire and basically like 
uh, you know, hundreds of years, thousand years in the past, it all came crashing down. So there was this golden age, and now in the present day of Wailing Blade, it's almost like a future dark age. It's almost like uh, parts of Europe after the fall of Rome, you know, or, or Greece. Like, um, it's very, like, you know, feudal, like a lot of warlords, might makes right. Um, and uh, there's this one tyrant who rules over, like, the region that the book takes place in. And the way he does it is by, like, monopolizing all the technology from this past golden age uh, to kind of lord it over the people. Like, so, like, he's the only one who has access to these things. You know, like, like a lot of them are weapons. Some of them are environmental things. But that's basically, like, how he maintains control over... Um, over the people and, and like some of the main characters are kind of like uh, a band of people who are rebelling against this and trying to get some uh, technology of their own and, and they're like labeled as bandits you know yeah. really what they're doing is like fighting doing what they have to do to like fight against the suppression so like you know like real world parallels it's like it's not that I think that like there was this like you know past golden age that like we're supposed to return to but it's like i do think we're like kind of in a in a, in a time right now where uh things are very like oppressive and feudal in a real in in a weird way it's like you know we, we um we live a lot of our lives kind of uh, uh you know whether it's like dealing with like debt or um you know our leaders doing like not not serving us serving themselves um it's almost like you know the, the huge gap of like inequality where like you know you've got uh, a huge amount of people trying to scrape by living like day to day and you have this other class of people who like don't have a care in the world right. or want wants in the world and yet and they could give up like half of what they have and still live exactly the same but they're never going to do that <laughs> you know so it's like there's like those are like kind of like the similarities between like whaling blades world and our world is that there's like there's this like kind of huge gulf between like the ruling class the class that's making the decisions for like you know, how, how uh, everyone's going to live their life and kind of like everyone else. And I think that's kind of why it's like, uh, that's like part of like why it resonated for me is because it's like, it's, it's you know, it's science fiction. It's, it's like, you know, weird, but it's kind of like rooted in like things that are, you know, very important like and, and like happening now. With um, with Road of Bones, uh, you tackle more of a horror genre, and the horror genre mm -hmm. can have it does have a wide spectrum. You know, where mm -hmm. does that sort of fit in to the spectrum of horror? I'd say it's more like uh, it's kind of like on the like uh, psychological, like uh, survival horror kind of end of the spectrum, where it's like it's not so much about like it's not like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street kind of horror. You know what I mean? 
it's like uh, I feel like it, it's the sort of horror where like you know the more you like look into like what it was like living like in the gulag like you know like that's a horror story you know like I've read I've read accounts uh, I've read books about it and it's like you read it and it, it was really it's almost like you don't have to like embellish it like that's like horror you know what I mean right. um, so it's like and then you think about like uh, Siberia like just like the you know just the brutal conditions there even if you weren't in prison it's like what it takes to survive there like you know again maybe not like horror but it, it is definitely extreme so i think for like road of bones it's like it's less about like um you know uh a boogeyman or something or, or like you know, like some like uh like a, a monster and it's more about just sort of like how conditions like that can kind of like dehumanize you, you know, and like, and like dehumanize like everybody that's involved and like kind of like the horror of that. Like there's like a, there's a, a supernatural creature in Road of Bones, but kind of, and I, I'm not going to like spoil anything, but I'm just going to say that like, you know, it, it's, it's not clear through like most of the story, whether this is like an actual creature or if this is just the main character just sort of being driven to the point where he's like hallucinating this creature because it's like kind of like a weird comfort to him. It's almost like, like his imaginary friend helping him, you know? So it's like, so for me, like Road of Bones is, is more like, it's just about like the horror of, what happens to people when they are confronted by a situation that is just like beyond extreme and beyond like terrible. And I, f I kind of find that's like, you know, a little different than, you know, being chased around the summer camp by, a, by an immortal zombie, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I would say like, it's that kind of horror. And like the other reason it's like, I feel like it's more like psychological than slasher is because it's like slasher stuff's like really hard to do in comics, like at least like a traditional slasher movie, because it's like you don't have like, you know, you can't like kind of crank up the creepy music right before Jason's about to strike. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You can't like you can't have like the kind of thing where it's like where like everything's quiet and then you turn a corner and then a door slams open and you know like there's nothing that's gonna like kind of make you jump out of your seat like when you turn a page you know it's just not that kind of medium so it's like i think like with comics it's like you kind of have to like have the horror be like kind of like the atmosphere of it and like the the psychological aspect and like putting yourself in the shoes of like the people dealing with it so like that's what i was really trying to get at there it was like you know this this just kind of like just really creepy horrific situation that like you know, it is like sort of like inevitably plotting, plotting towards something really terrible. And like you can see it coming, but you can't see any way out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's like there's this, this sort of like something like really kind of like nice and like uh, terrifying there. 
but it's not the kind of like terrifying, like jump out of your skin terrifying. It's more of like the skin crawling kind of like, uh, oh my God, I can't believe what I just read. <laughs> kind of, uh, terrifying. I always like to uh, ask this question in my interviews is, what's the nugget of knowledge, lesson that you have learned over your career, life, that anybody listening to this, no matter what avenue of artistry that they're in, that they could project into their own life? Don't be afraid to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like, Failure. And what I mean by that is like, don't like, don't not do something because you feel like it's not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're writing a short story and like, it's not perfect, like, doesn't matter. You know, like you, nobody ever has to see it. Like, you, you know, you're writing a comic strip, you're, you're, you're doing sketches. It's like, you know, a lot of them are going to suck. It's like, you know, it's not just like a starting out thing, you know, like, like people who have been doing it for years have off days and, you know, and not everything they have to do. It's like, you can always like go back and edit it and you can always get better. And you don't, you shouldn't let like a fear of like that it's not going to like live up to like what you have in your head. You shouldn't like let the fear of that stop you from doing it. It's like, just do it. And if it turns out great, awesome. You got a great thing. If it doesn't turn out great, if it, if it's not meeting your expectations, then number one, nobody has to see that except you, you know, you can put it in a file, revisit it like, you know, a year later. Uh, number two, nothing aside from sculptures are set in stone. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you write a script, it's not working. You can edit that script. You do a drawing, it's not working. You can, you can do another draft. You can, you know, use your eraser. And it's like, the whole point is that it's like, you know, becoming, create, becoming a creator and like, you know, whatever you're making, is like it's a process it's not like you know there's no finish line there's no uh there's nothing in my past where there was like a day where i said like yes i'm finally a writer you know what i mean right it's like i'm still i learn new things with every project i learn new things with every every uh every page i put down it's like it's like so you just sort of have to like engage with the process and just realize that it's going to get messy at times and that, you know, yeah, you know, you're not like, you're not uh, God's gift to writing or whatever. You're going to mess up, but everybody messes up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, take your favorite comic book writer in the world and I guarantee you they've got a project that they completely hate because they feel like they didn't give it their best or they've got an old draft of a script of something great. That's like absolutely terrible. And then they just kept working on it and working on it until it was where they wanted to be. So, you know, it's like, we kind of like see all this stuff from the outside. Uh, when you're looking at like people you admire and like, you don't really see kind of the, the struggles people go through to like get to that level. So like, if I could just say anything to anybody, is it's like everybody. It's just like you know, just do your thing, and you'll get there. But you just, you know, you got to run the race. 
You know what I mean? You're not going to like, you're not going to like start at the finish line, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, and I kind of feel like some people get trapped in that loop where they feel like this isn't exactly what I want. So I'm not going to show it to anybody. I'm not going to like put it out there. It's like, you know, you kind of got to, got to put yourself out there a little bit and it's okay if you're not like, you know, amazing, like right off the bat, like you gotta, you gotta get there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And before we get out of here, I always like to end with the same question. Uh, who's somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview for this podcast that would have some great stories or lessons to talk about? Um, it's fun. Like, can I give you, I think there's like two people. Like number one would be, uh, I think you should you should definitely talk to Joe Mulvey, my artist on Rolling Blade, because he was like super hilarious, super smart, and like really like uh, creative. And I think you're gonna have like like you're gonna be laughing a lot if you have him on because he's just like <laughs> one of the funniest people I know. Uh, but you know, it's like I could see maybe you don't want to like talk about Rolling Blade like over and over again. So let me give you one other person who's like kind of. Uh, not like directly involved with like these projects and i would say uh uh there's this guy andy schmidt he runs uh an online class called uh comics experience and that's where like i learned how to write comic scripts and it's like kind of grown into like this community of of people who are like um you know looking to like get into comics and and i found like you know yeah like you do have to like pay for the courses, but like I, I thought they were worth it. And I, I think just like Andy just has like a passion for like being like an educator and like helping people kind of like get to where they want to be in terms of like their creative life. So it's like, you know, cause he has his own like projects. Like he has his own comics. He has his own like writing stuff that he does, but like his main thing is like kind of like teaching classes and, and, and managing this community with people. So I think, you know, I think he'd be a great person to talk to, especially if like you have a lot of people who are listening to you and kind of like think they might want to get involved with comics, don't really know how to get started. I think like Andy's like a great interview. Uh, awesome. That sounds great. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we get out of here, uh, where can people uh, go online to get more information about you and the comic books that you're working on? Well, I'm, I'm on social media, uh, I'm, uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Arduek. Um, that's, uh, R D O U E K. I know it's a tough one, but, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, if you see Arduik somewhere on any kind of like social network, it's probably me. I think I've got most of them, but anyway, but I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I like, I post like images and, and, uh, you know, uh, things about, about my work. Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, it's facebook.com slash gutter magic. And even though it's called gutter magic, like I, that's also like my Facebook kind of like home base where like I post about all my stuff. So you can go there. Um, I have a website at rduec.com. Um, not a ton there, but, uh, you know, if, uh, if you want to check it out, you know, you can, and you'll find like links to my work and stuff like that. But I would say Twitter is probably, like my number one place that like I'm online and I love talking to people. So, you know, follow me and shoot me a question or anything. And I'm here. 
All right, that was my interview with Richard Duak. More information and links to where you can follow everything that he's been working on and to purchase Road of Bones and Wailing Blade are all in the show notes for this episode at freshthepodcast.com. All right, thank you for listening once again. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.